Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shift Podcast, where we talk about transforming motion into progress in business. I'm Az, the Chief Marketing Officer for Merkel EMEA. And I'm Rich, Chief Strategy Officer for Merkel EMEA, and we'll be discussing our book called Shift that covers the areas that we've seen businesses struggling with that can hinder progress. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our latest episode of the Shift Podcast. Rich and I are joined today by Shelley Zalex, the CEO from the Female Quotient. Welcome, Shelley. Hey, I'm so happy to be here, especially to something called the Shift Podcast, being a chief troublemaker, breaking all the rules that make no sense and creating the new ones. So shift is a perfect word. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us and your contribution to the book as well. It was amazing to have you in it. And you know, the insight that you gave to your quote was really, really empowering. So thank you. I'm really excited to have you here. As I've seen a lot of the work that you've been doing online, it's amazing to see the change that you're making in the industry. But just for the, the listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to launch the female quotient? Oh, thank you. Listen, I've been in market research for a very long time. If you've ever taken a survey on the internet, Sorry, not sorry, but I'm the mother of online research. I migrated research from offline to online in a day and age where only wealthy old men with broadband connections were on the internet. So it was in 2000. So it was a a while ago, but I was the only female CEO top 25 in market research my entire career. So being an only and lonely, been there, done that. And After I sold my company to Ipsos, I realized it was time to give back with generosity what I wish I had rising the ranks. And so about seven years ago, I wanted to go to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. And after going to so many conferences that were predominantly men and feeling like being there by myself and being in the boys club, It was just time to create a space that I could be surrounded by people just like me. And I went to go to CES and I thought, God, there's 150,000 people there, less than 3% were women. And I had a choice once again, do I want to go there and feel isolated and by myself or invite a few girlfriends? And that's what I did. I called a few girlfriends and said, let's go to CES and have some fun. And so I called four girlfriends and said, go with me and let's walk the floor together. And if you know other women that want to go, invite them. 24 hours later, 50 women showed up. Two remarkable things happened. One, every single guy's head turned when we walked the floor. And that's when I coined the phrase, power the back. A woman alone has power. Collectively, we have impact. And the second thing happened. I was surrounded by women just like me. We started talking about imposter syndrome. We started talking about work-life balance and also power the purse. We were doing deals with one another. We all were women of influence. We started doing business together. And by day two, we were a hundred. By day three, I had the penthouse suite and it was just remarkable. And we called ourselves the girl's lounge. The opposite of boy is girl. The opposite of club is lounge. If there's a boy's club, now there's a girl's lounge. And a lot of women at the time said, but we're not girls, we're women. And I said, first of all, a women's lounge sounds so boring. 
And a ladies' lounge sounds like a bathroom. And third, have you ever heard of a man object to being a boy in the boys' club? Why are we creating our own double standard? And the next thing you knew, the girls' lounge became a household name. And today we're 600,000 women strong, women from every category, every industry, from women in technology, women in marketing, media, advertising, research, world leaders, sports. We have over 70 pop-up lounges in every category from CES to the World Economic Forum to the NBA All-Star to Dreamforce to Can Lions. I mean, we could keep going to just recently RSA. And then once women started supporting other women, we evolved from the girls lounge to the equality lounge, the place for conscious leaders. It doesn't matter if you're a man, if you're a woman, as long as you're a conscious leader and talking about the topics to close the gender gaps, everyone is welcome. Everyone is comfortable. Everyone belongs. And that's really how it started. Wow. So many incredibly impressive firsts and making such a massively impactful difference. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's that's incredibly insightful. We talk a lot in the book about kind of motion and progress or real motion and turning it into real progress. And we talk a lot about you get what you measure. So specifically around measurement as a catalyst for change, but there does seem to be a, a lack of kind of consistent commitment to drive real progress, even though there are measures. So, so with measurement in mind, what are you seeing as the key challenges around turning measurement into outcomes in the industry right now? You know, so many people talk about what they want to do. But it really is, you know, how do you move exactly what you said, conversation to action. And one of the things that really I'm the most proud of is the lounges are all about the power of collaboration and the power of change. And change only happens if you hold yourself accountable. And accountable is around measurement. And it's also around working together. And, you know, just like I talked about a woman alone has power collectively, we have impact. It's the same thing with companies. And we have Unilever and we have Procter & Gamble. We have Pepsi and we have Coke. The one thing that is the most important is when it comes to equality, we have to share the good, bad, and the ugly. No company can do that alone. That's the one thing we have to work on together. And we have to share our secrets. There is no secrets, no transparency. We have to be fully transparent when it comes to working together on what's working and what's not. And I'm the co-founder of a movement called See Her, which I brought to the ANA, because this is something that companies have to work together on. And we created something called the GEM score, the gender equality measure. In market research, we measure persuasion. We measure relevance. We measure all kinds of things. And when we test our advertising, we also have to measure what we treasure. And that is how we create accountability around women in advertising and making sure that women are represented in an accurate and realistic way. And we got all advertisers to measure that as well and hold ourselves accountable. And that was five years ago. And all advertisers are now using that score. And that's a score. And (laughs) the one thing that was so important was I don't want to assume that people were doing bad. Let's assume people just didn't know. And so once aware, you then have a choice. Do you want to be better or not? And everyone does want to be better. And so that became a new industry standard. And 99% of advertisers are now using that 
in their, their research. So that was one thing that really was a game changer. And I, I'm pretty excited about that. And I think that when you look at pay equity, once you know where you are, now you have a choice. Do you want to change the equation? When you know that women are making 80 cents on the dollar and black women 64 cents on the dollar and Latinas 53 cents on the dollar, do you want to fix it or not? When you know that caregiving is an issue in the workplace, what are you going to do about it? Make mandatory parental leave policies, not just maternity leave, so that men and women can equally have responsibility at home. When we know that flexibility is going to go a long way to having all women thrive in the workplace, let's create the right policies in the workplace. That's called conscious leadership. There are so many things that we can do once aware. So one of the things that we are working on, and this is a a new thing that we're going to be doing with conscious leaders, and it starts at the CEO level, is what we're going to be calling the flipping point. Because we know that there's flipping point moments, which are all of the challenges that are holding women back, which is why we see the great resignation and a whole new level. So many women leaving the workplace in greater magnitudes than ever before. There are so many things that we can do if we have the conscious mindset, which is intentionality, that can flip the script, flip the dynamics and change the equation and create the great retention if we have a whole new mindset with intentionality. And that requires conscious leadership. So I'm pretty excited about the opportunities that are laying right in front of us, a whole new future for all of us. It is incredibly exciting. And just listening to you talk about some of those statistics at the other end of scale, that's incredibly frightening to see how far off the pace we still are right now. And it's great to see the shift, excuse the pun, with regards to you know the measurements and everything else that you've been working on where people are really adopting it. With the progress that we've seen so far, I mean, what do you think is the thing that's really blocking businesses from sort of moving forward? Is is it actually the measurement itself or is it the commitment to seeing it through? What's your, what are your thoughts around it? Fear, fear of change, fear of failure, fear of paradigm shift. You know, when you try something new, you're going to have to potentially go backwards a little bit with your numbers before you go forwards right? Mm -hmm. When you try something new, it's not going to, in one minute, ding, 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 ding. You're not going to make money right away, but it will be money in the bank in the long run. And how do you measure success? Success, in my opinion, is happiness. And how do you measure the happiness factor? And that's what we need to be measuring. You know, we measure the trust barometer, Edelman does an amazing job on the trust barometer. But what I want to start measuring is the retention factor. What I want to start measuring is the happiness factor. We measure, we do exit interviews, but you know what? Everyone's gone. Why are we doing that? Everyone's gone. Let's measure the retention factor. Hello, we're measuring the wrong thing. Let's start measuring the right thing. 
What does success look like today? And it's not necessarily in dollars and cents. So many people are leaving the workplace today, especially post-pandemic, or I don't even know that we could say post-pandemic. I'm not sure where we are in the pandemic, but it's purpose, values. CEOs must communicate the value proposition because in the long run, values, purpose, heart, that matters a lot. And you know what? That is going to be the ROI. The return on investment is going to be the return on impact. And that will, in the long run, equate to dollars and cents. I think you'll see complete and utter agreement with everything you just said from Rich and I, especially around the purpose, Shelley. It's such an important part to give people that sense of belonging, give people that direction, that something to, to really be part of and feel that they're going to contribute to. Is there anyone that you've seen or where have you seen this been done pretty well or really well to sort of drive progress? Because we get that it's such a long-term thing as well. Have you seen anybody doing it well? I think we are in a very new day and age where everything is up for grabs right now. The whole world is in a reimagination. So I think everyone is doing different pieces well, but we're all talking a big talk and we need to contextualize what we are all saying and walk the talk. So everyone is using language flexibility. Well, we need to color when you have little kids, you know, the, the coloring books and it's connect the dots. We need to connect the dots. You know, you can draw the parrot, go from A to B, you know, you connect those dots and then you color red, orange and green, you get the parrot and you do this and you get a tree. And I think we need to contextualize what flexibility means. It's not just a three, two work week or a four, one work week. It's the me, we time. You know, if you have me time, you can work from home. We time is, you know, team time and predictive flexibility to make sure everyone's in the office at the same time. So it's productive time. We need to contextualize and frame what that is. We need to figure out the caregiving. We need to figure out, you know, all these different pieces of what purpose means, you know, what a CEO says purpose means might not be what people think purpose means. You know, we have one life and it's got to have meaning. And, you know, the ESGs are so important because people are truly investing in value and reframing the meaning of life. We need to see how all this plays out right now. So I think everyone is doing different things right now. So I don't think there's one winner company that I can pick right now. I think there's different spotty things happening. How we are looking at remote work versus how we are redefining hiring. We need to reframe how we are recruiting. That needs to be reframed. I don't think we should be looking at I don't even look at a resume. I hire for passion, train for skill, unless you're looking for a doctor, an accountant, or a lawyer. Other than that, you know, I think employees need to take responsibility too. If we're looking for a culture of belonging, I don't think that culture is something that a CEO is fully responsible for. I don't think it's a commandment or it's in a textbook 
that is, you know, something that needs to be pushed down. I think that's something that is shared all around. Employees have to take responsibility as well for cultural belonging. So there's so many things that need to be rewired. It's such an incredibly wide topic. I mean, you've said so many so many things that have resonated with me. The reason as and I wrote this book is because we see organizations consistently in kind of a rocking horse motion, going through the motion of doing things, but not ever really turning it into, into meaningful progress. I loved your idea of turning conversations into actions and measuring what you treasure. But exactly as you've said, you know, when you're trying to do something that's so important and so new that straddles hiring, recruitment, culture, building passion, you know, making, developing people who can learn, build, driving curiosity, making people feel that they're belonging, measuring what really matters. You mentioned kind of fear of change and fear of failure. Those are pretty big barriers. So we see some significant challenges, particularly when brands, you know, in areas where people aren't comfortable being uncomfortable. And a lot of this, in some cases, makes organizations very uncomfortable. The question always is where to start. Organizations want a silver bullet. You know, so how can brands get started? And have you got any advice? Kind of, there's not a one way, there's not a silver bullet, but how would you kind of suggest they start down that track? Yeah, you got to start by starting. And you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, you know, just to tease it up, I mean, we, you know, and I always say the women's agenda has to be the world's agenda, because if you could create a company that is really, and this is going to sound very strange, but if you can create a company that allows women to thrive, you could create a company that everyone will thrive. And I actually want to narrow that down. If you can create a company for caregivers, you could create a company for everyone because everyone will then thrive. So think about that. And so we're actually creating, and I, I tease this up, but we are creating a CEO accelerator that's going to be like kind of a cheat sheet for 10 CEOs and experiment on the flipping point moments because, you know, we've been creating these dinner parties during the pandemic for women in over a hundred countries, listening to women in a hundred countries for 18 months. And really understanding what the challenges are for women, what's been holding us back, really listening to hear, not listening to respond, but listening to hear. And we called it, you know, global exchange. And we really understand what, what those challenges have been and processing. And those were the flipping point moments. And so we turned them into these new tools. So simple. It was sort of the the connect the dots, just like I told you about the coloring books and contextualizing those moments into such generic contextual tools. They're so simple, like from, we're calling it from sponsorship to proximity ship, from caregiving to care exchange, from this to that, from this to that, and pushing them. And they're so basic and so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually think they're going to work. There's like seven things. So you start by starting. And if they don't work, they don't work. But I actually think they're going to work because they're designed by the people that they're the problems for. The women that are living and breathing the issues. What better architects than the ones that need them? Not the ones that have no clue, but the ones that are getting their hands dirty, the ones that actually need this the most. The best tools are by the ones that need the tools, right? Hello? 
not complicated. Sometimes we overcomplicate or the tools are, this, this is the greatest example. Okay. You want me to give you a good example? Okay. Women wear high heels or some women do. When I go on escalators, my heel gets stuck in the escalator all the time. I have to take my heels off. Like sometimes they get stuck. And by the time I get to the top of the escalator, if I don't take my heel off, I'm not getting off the escalator, right? Well, those escalators probably were made by men that don't wear heels. Great example. You know where I'm going with that, right? Or seat belts. Those were made by men. They are not anatomically comfortable. Same thing. Most of the rules in the workplace, and I always say this, the rules of the workplace were made by men over a hundred years ago because women just weren't in the workplace. And I'm not saying they were wrong, but women just weren't in the workplace then. So we need to modernize the rules of the workplace. Do you know that in the cars, the same thing with airbags, when the number one fatality with airbags are women because they weren't made by women and tested on women. Our bones are smaller. Like I could keep going. It's such a real example that you gave there, Shelley, with the, the high heels. And as a man, I never would have thought of it because it's not a problem that I've ever gone through. But it's it's one of those things that's really important to highlight, as you say, through day-to-day -day life in the workplace and making sure that these things are surfaced. And I love the fact that you've got that CEO accelerator and even the other tools, which I'm going to urge the listeners to to go and see and engage with as, as much as possible, because I think it's incredibly important. I believe you've got a, a pay equity calculator as well that's available. You know, just seeing some of these tools, really surfacing some of those challenges, going back to the statistics that you saw, uh, I think is incredibly important. The flipping point tools are not out yet. I teased it up. So that's your listeners are hearing it first. Stay tuned. Amazing. Well, thank you, Shelley, for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you with us. I mean, your energy, your commitment to such an important cause and what you've achieved is incredibly inspiring. So I definitely think you've given it, well, us and our listeners a lot to think about. So thank you for, for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you for all that you're doing and thank you for amplifying and bringing visibility to such an important conversation and for being activators and amplifiers. So I so appreciate both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening. Our book Shift is available now, so please check out the link in the description to order your copy today or find out more on our website, motionintoprogress.com. Stay tuned and we'll be back soon.